Welcome to Outside the Walls, everyone. We want to welcome you back to our second episode in this series that we're doing. My name is Casey. And I'm Mark. It is good to have everyone with us. We hope you enjoyed episode one. If you missed it, go back and check that out. And we started a new sermon series at Westside a couple of weeks ago. Two weeks ago was kind of the intro to the series. Last week, we got into the Beatitudes, which is what we're going to be talking about today. But the sermon series is one sermon that changed the world. And our fearless preaching minister, Nathan Guy, has started this series on not his one sermon that changed the world, no. but uh, he's doing a series on the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, and so that's a series that we're diving into in this podcast of Outside the Walls. And so uh, the sermon this week is called Your Blessed Life Now. He comes up with some good titles. Yeah. <laughs> Your Blessed Life Now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It makes, makes me think of, uh, uh, which I think he kind of hints at, you know, some of the health and wealth uh, gospels, mm-hmm. uh, uh, health and wealth type books that are out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that is not what he's advocating. No, isn't there a book that he said called Your Best Life Now yeah. <laughs> or Live Your Best Life Now? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this this particular lesson, uh, which was I guess the first one in the in the text of the Sermon on the Mount, covers the Beatitudes, and so uh, we hope that this podcast is a great resource for us to uh, reflect on the sermon. That is the goal of what uh, this is. Uh, we're not wanting to rehash the sermon in its uh, entirety, the manuscript or anything like that, but we're wanting to reflect on it. Uh, dive a little bit deeper. If you're interested in doing that in a class format, we have that available at uh, Westside Church in Searcy uh, if you wanted to uh, join that class. But this is meant to come up in the middle of the week, uh, remind you of the sermon, uh, help you to be encouraged, and also just to reflect on things that were said. So uh, a couple of resources that we want to point out uh, right up front, uh, our Facebook page, you can watch the sermon, uh, you can watch the whole service of uh, this past Sunday uh, on our Facebook page or YouTube channel. But also, Nathan has, I guess we could say it, a landing page. Yeah. Uh, his his website, NathanGuy.com, you can go there, um, NathanGuy.com slash sermon dash notes, and you can get pretty much everything related to this. You can watch the video, uh, his his. I guess trimmed out sermon from the yeah. from the services is posted there. He also posts his sermon notes for that particular sermon, and he has a handy fill in the blank uh, type sermon note guide that you can download there as a PDF. And also, you can get there the workbook yes. um, for for the whole series for the whole series. Uh, and so that is a very thorough guide. It has all the books, and we'll mention some more books as we go. Uh, as we go through the class today, but there's um, a few text type books uh, that you could also get if you're interested in um, studying more thoroughly the Sermon on the Mount. But he also links to articles, uh, to different podcasts, to different YouTube videos. There's just a lot of resources right there uh, that you could find. So uh, go there, check it out, and, um, and, and be encouraged. He also has his podcast called yes. Life on the West Side. Which you can also find right there yes. uh, on and, his landing page. And he'll, uh, I think usually he puts the audio of his sermon yes. in there. Yes, yeah. so we have a way for you to listen to it, watch it, 
get all kinds of resources, goodies. Uh, so we hope that you'll do that in addition to this podcast. No excuses. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and this last week's sermon was really good. Um, I will say that I was sick for it, so I didn't get to see it in person. So I had to go back and watch it. Yeah. Watched it a few times. Yeah. But it was really good. Yeah, it was. So the objective of our podcast today is going to be to hear the Beatitudes as a gracious invitation to accept God's assurance to all of us, even to the least of these, but also to see these as character traits worth aspiring to in the kingdom of God. In other words, these are promises to accept, giving us hope, but also challenges to grow into giving us a calling. So we hope to encourage you to help you learn, to deepen your faith, but also to challenge you today. And that's what we're going to end with. So uh, the Beatitudes themselves are in Matthew chapter 5, um, verse 3 through 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's, if you want to look that up, I think maybe we'll do a reading of it. I can read it real yeah. quick. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. So um, this is Jesus speaking to the crowd. Actually, I'll start in verse 1. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, it keeps going. Sorry. Uh, Verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Mm -hmm. So that first section, uh, Christ's sermon is... Mostly what this last uh, last sermon was about that Nathan talked about. Um, and I guess we want to get into some of the takeaways that we had yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, this is actually, I, I saw this in the text, one of the uh, books that he mentioned, The Sermon on the Mountain by Ed Gallagher. And I thought this was kind of interesting because... I never actually put them into categories, all of the um, Beatitudes, but he said there are three categories, the humble poor, those who pursue justice, and those who create peace. I found that interesting, and it kind of breaks it up and see who Jesus is actually trying to uh, point his sermon to or for, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Gallagher's got a great book. A couple of the other books that uh, we'll we'll reference throughout the series is The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer and also uh, Randy Harris's book, Living Jesus, Doing What Jesus Says in the Sermon on the Mount. And again, you can find links to those and those names um, uh, in the show notes, but also uh, at, at NathanGuy.com. Uh, he, he references those in the workbook that we're using. And so, uh, so yeah, just the the types. And I've, we'll get into it a little bit as well, but 
uh, I think it's Ed Gallagher and uh, also Randy Harris shared kind of a a way to interpret the the Beatitudes that I thought was interesting. And Nathan kind of took an alternative approach, and so I look forward to getting into that. But uh, one of the things from Randy Harris's book, uh, which Nathan paraphrased in his sermon, was to see the Beatitudes as promises to accept, not commands to be obeyed, which I thought was really interesting because if you if you look at them as somewhat of commands, I guess it's really easy to get into them as somewhat of a checklist of things, uh, uh, have a very pharisaical mindset about, okay, uh, let's see, have I, have I been poor in spirit today? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's not necessarily commands, but, uh, but these are, these are promises for this, this kind of people. Uh, and so we'll hash that out a little bit more, uh, in our next segment Q and a, uh, but that was one great takeaway that I thought, cause I never really, uh, I guess thought about the, the Beatitudes in that way. And so that was, that was a helpful way for me to, to look at them. And, uh, that being said, I, I like Nathan focused on the point of, um, that we're not waiting for Christ's return for our heavenly reward that we can do it right now, mm. that we can bring his kingdom right now. So, yeah. you know, if, if you're thinking someday I'll, I'll do better. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually before I die, I'll be doing better and right. I'll be okay. Yeah. But it's like, no, we have the chance to actually bring his kingdom here now and live in his kingdom yeah. by following these things. Yeah. And so I, I think that kind of goes off with what you were saying. It's not a checklist, but a, it's a way to live. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I mean, I think that's important too, because Jesus somewhat bookends the Beatitudes with uh, the kingdom of heaven. You know, uh, verse 10 uh, starts the, I guess, starts the last one talking about persecution, even though uh, really we're going through verse 12, but verse three and verse 10, I guess the blessing there is, or the assurance rather is that theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so it's an interesting book in that he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And like you said, uh, it's not something that uh, we look toward the future as something that, uh, something I guess to aspire to, but something that we can have the blessing of, have the, uh, just the presence of the kingdom right now. And it kind of reminds me, uh, kind of looking ahead, uh, whenever Jesus talks about prayer and he talks about, uh, whenever you're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And just that assurance that, uh, you know, we can, we can live in the kingdom now, have the blessings of it. And, uh, and so these are, uh, exactly that, um, promises to accept and the kingdom, the kingdom here and the blessing of that, the excitement of that is, is something that, uh, that we can have that experience. So I love that. Love that. One of the things that, uh, Nathan talks about in a sermon, and I'm quoting this. I thought it was really good, so I made a note of it. God says, let the little children come to me. Let the homeless people who have been hurting be in the center of the story. And it's not the folks who all, uh, who all the money, wait, with all the money, I'm sorry. And it's not the folks with all the money that I value. It's the poor little woman who puts on in the two copper coins and that's all she has. This is the kingdom of God. Mm. Yeah. 
true reliance on God for everything. Yes. Yeah. 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 I loved whenever he uh, read each of the Beatitudes in terms of how it described the loser side. And I didn't, I didn't realize, I, I kind of felt sorry for Nathan. He described the, his uh, his childhood days whenever he was always picked last for the kickball team and <laughs> yeah. and kind of kind of felt bad for him, but he was he was selling a story of uh, you know how he did some bargaining with uh, his his chocolate because he's allergic to it yeah which uh, so you know don't go get Nathan chocolate as a gift you know that's <laughs> kind of an insult but he would use the that as a bargaining chip to uh, to get picked first but uh, he described the beatitudes as. Uh, kind of from that perspective, uh, the loser side, the ones who don't usually get the goal or the prize, um, and and read the promise at the end of each of the Beatitudes as describing a promise from God that these are the winners in the kingdom of God. So it kind of flips the script on uh, those who you would automatically assume as the losers. I mean, you know, he mentions how Matthew, the very first Beatitude there is blessed are the poor in spirit and Luke just says blessed are the poor uh, mm-hmm. and, and it, it kind of talks about uh, kind of the the spiritual loser and Luke is kind of leaning more towards on uh, I guess um, more of a material <laughs> type loser but uh, poor poor in spirit uh, but then flips the script theirs is the kingdom of God and so it takes the takes the person who you would think is an outcast as you would think is, um, you know, being picked last for something like the kingdom of God and Jesus lifts them up to the status of being picked first. Um, I, I don't know who said this. It may have been Nathan, but it probably was a couple weeks ago if it was him. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll say God's kingdom is an upside down kingdom, that things are different. And that's kind of how we see this. But I heard somebody explain one time, they're like, no, God's kingdom isn't upside down. God's kingdom is right side up. Our world is upside down. Uh, yeah. I thought, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> that is good. I like that. Yeah. Um, let's see. I did want to, okay, um, start to talk about people at the bottom rung of society and how they'll be blessed. It reminded me of Matthew 25. Mm-hmm. 31 through 46, so I wanted to read that. Give me a second to get there. Let's see, what did I say? 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people from one another as shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. 
and then it goes on and I won't read the rest of it, but he does the same thing in bringing judgment to those who didn't do that. And so we have to remember all these people in the Beatitudes and uh, help them where they need help, be the humble one to be willing to help them because when we're doing it for them, we're doing it for Jesus. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's easy to uh, maybe ignore those people who are in need, uh, you know, it, or it, <laughs> it may be equally easy uh, just to just to give them some money to get them gone uh, or, you know, give them something to just get them on their way kind of thing instead of, you know, I think oftentimes people um, don't want to do what is required to help somebody in need like this because it does take an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so, uh, yeah, certainly looking at these people as as Jesus would look at them and looking at it as an opportunity to not just serve them but to serve the kingdom, to serve Christ himself uh, because as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And so uh, thinking about the investment that, we want to make in Christ, uh, you know, it takes an investment in, in these people as well. And the people that feel like nobody's uh, making them feel like somebody in the kingdom. Mm. Um, one of the things you're talking about, how these aren't a checklist, but a, a list of characteristics or character mm-hmm. traits. Um, Nathan mentioned four specific things that I thought were interesting, um, that all of these Beatitudes aren't just unfortunate circumstances. They describe a way to be in the world. Yeah. They're not meant to be a la carte. Don't just try to be one Mm. without being the rest of them. It's possible that each of these are supposed to be progressive, which Hmm. he didn't really go into detail on that. I might have to ask him later what he meant by that. Mm. And then this is good. There is no difficult call without an unbelievable promise. So it isn't easy. It is difficult, mm-hmm. but the reward is huge. Yeah. Yeah. That I like that about the, uh, about these aren't meant to be a la carte because I've often thought, uh, I've always considered myself somewhat of a, I guess a peacemaker, mm-hmm. you know, having two parties that, you know, are completely opposed and being able to find some sort of middle ground or, uh, you know, trying to soften someone's anger towards, somebody else or a situation, whatever it might be. And, and, uh, and it's, <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. Blessed are the peace. Okay. I, I, I'll be a son of God. It's like, okay, <laughs> got that one. And you know, it might be terrible at the rest of them, but, but uh, so yeah, not all a cart, but, uh, it's important to look at them as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's a great point. We want to go into some questions. Yeah. Let's jump into some Q and A. And uh, so Mark read uh, the account from Matthew. And so as we get into these, uh, I want to read Luke's account uh, from the Sermon on the Plain. And uh, because the first kind of question we want you to reflect on is what are some differences that stand out to us? And so in Luke chapter six uh, is where Luke records the Sermon on the Plain, beginning in verse 17. Luke chapter 6, verse 17, and these first few verses are kind of the lead up, Jesus teaching the crowds. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and be healed 
of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Mm. <laughs> there are a few differences in here, uh, mostly the same ideas, the same concept. Mm. I think for me, well, I don't know. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You go, man. Okay. You're on a roll. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> well, uh, I noticed that a lot of these uh, Beatitudes that are listed here end with now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, who people who weep now. Uh-huh. Um, let's see what else. You're full now. Yeah. Or, Laugh now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's talking to people who are currently dealing with problems that are serious problems. Mm-hmm. And I think we can kind of look at that ourselves as well and know that we're going through difficulties, yeah. that Jesus is sees it. He sees that we're going through it, and um, he'll bless us mm-hmm. for making it through it. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, there's the woes. Yeah, the woe section. Yes, um, which kind of... I, I didn't read the second part of the end of Matthew 25 where he starts you know, separating the sheep from the goats and he's mm-hmm. talking to the goats. These are the goats <laughs> and not the greatest of all time goats. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see? Yeah. The first thing that immediately jumps out is the, the list is not identical. Um, there's, I guess, fewer, um, I guess maybe fewer Beatitudes, I guess you could say, in Luke's account. Um, and he somewhat divides them, like you mentioned, into the to the blessed section and then the woe section. Um, and he kind of gives uh, kind of altering altering sides of it in the two in the two sections because in the in the blessed section he talks about the poor, uh, and then in the woe section he talks about woe to the rich. And so he kind of gives the antithesis to that. Um, uh, he does the same thing with blessed are those who are hungry. Uh, and then in the woe section, blessed are you who are full, <laughs> uh, for you shall not be hungry, uh, or woe to you who are full for you shall not be hungry. Uh, <laughs> and then he also does it for weeping. The antithesis is laughter. And so, uh, he kind of, uh, you know, shows the, the opposite sides of those. And so that's the first thing that immediately jumps out. But, uh, I also find it interesting too that you know that Luke does kind of highlight the I guess the more uh, I don't know if material 
side of it is the way to put it, but Matthew definitely kind of emphasizes the spiritual side of these beatitudes in the list, whereas Matthew um, points out more of the, I guess, secular material. Uh, he talks about the rich. He talks about the poor. Uh, he talks about not hungering for righteousness, as Matthew describes it, but actually hungering <laughs> for literal food. Uh, and then in the woe section, he says, full now, for you shall not be hungry. So he's talking about a very physical um, trait of these beatitudes. And so uh, those were a few things that definitely jumped out to me as differences. What about similarities? Well, uh, I guess there's a chance that this wasn't the same sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they obviously it's the same idea. Um being blessed for going through all these problems or living this way. Um, I mean, I, I think the similarities are pretty clear when you read them both. Do you have anything more detailed that you can say about that? No, and I think I, I think there's probably a good chance that it was a different sermon and Jesus was preaching the same concepts just in a different way. Um, but I think there's probably equal possibility that it is the same sermon. It's just two different guys take on it. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew's take on it was, uh, very much of, uh, a spiritual take on it. And, uh, Luke's take on it was more of a, uh, physical nature take on it, both being appropriate, both being accurate. Uh, and so I think either way, uh, I- I'm okay with it. If it's the same sermon, just two different accounts, or if it's two different sermons, uh, you know, and, and Jesus wanted to teach these principles uh, as as kind of a uh, somewhat of a guidepost or how did we say it earlier, promises to accept. Um, and so I, I think that uh, both accounts, that can be done. It can be promises to accept. And so, um, so yeah, as far as, uh, as far as that word blessed, uh, what do you hear when you hear Jesus say the word blessed? And some people, is it blessed or blessed? <laughs> I tend to read it. I, I read this section, blessed, but then when I see that word at other places in Scripture, I'll say blessed. Right. I've noticed that I do that. Like the servant title itself, your blessed life now. We don't say your blessed life now, do we? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think maybe that's just, I don't know, growing up and he- hearing people yeah. read the King James or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, I know that there's probably some of you out there listening to this that would say, why in the world are you saying blessed? It's it's blessed. But uh, I don't know that if there's a grammatically correct way to pronounce that or not. But uh, anyway, uh, so whenever I hear that word, I, I appreciated Nathan going into uh, just kind of the different meanings of of blessed. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting that, you know, when you get down to the root meaning of the word, which we can hash out just a little bit more, but just kind of happier those people Mm -hmm. and um which again speaks to just not the kind of attitude you would expect of somebody who is poor physically or poor in spirit you know Mm -hmm. uh you wouldn't think of that kind of person as happy uh especially you know we we definitely tie happiness to our riches Mm -hmm. in the west um and so whenever i think of somebody that is um that is poor physically don't have money uh you know we we want to 
wire all the money that we can because that brings happiness, right? No, Jesus is saying, blessed are the poor. Um, and so I, I find that very challenging. Let's hear blessed. How, how are we to be happy when we're poor? I think you, know, you always hear about people who live in third world countries and mm. don't have very much, but tend to be the happiest people yeah. alive. Right. Um, and maybe it's because of the fact that they haven't seen wealth. And so they don't really have any idea about it. And so they're happy in their situation. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what Christ is telling us is like, be happy in the situation that you're in. Yeah. Don't want. Right. Because you have to trust that I'm going to provide. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. when you start to want things you don't have, mm -hmm. um, you're not as happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that speaks to contentedness, yeah. which I mean, Paul mentions in his letters too, that, you know, we need to be content with the things that we have, the blessings that we have. And, uh, if we, if we are constantly thinking about what we don't have, what God hasn't given us, uh, that, that's a recipe for, you know, the opposite of happiness, just mm -hmm. drowning in your sorrow kind of thing. And so, um, and so, yeah, you know, we definitely need to have that attitude of, what God has blessed me with is beyond anything that I could have ever done for myself. And so. All right. <laughs> we, we tend to let time get away from us in these. And uh, so we're, we're realizing uh, we're, we're not wanting to have a, a forever long podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting to the point where we had decided beforehand to start wrapping up. <laughs> But I mean, we can go through some of these still. Um, and we might not answer them fully here, but give them more as a reflection for, for you as a listener. Okay. That's what, that's maybe what we could do. Here's so, a reflection question. Yeah. How does it impact your daily walk knowing the have-nots are blessed and welcome mm. in the kingdom of God? You know, how, how much you think of somebody that, uh, somebody that comes in that is obviously less uh, physically blessed than you might be, and yet they're fully accepted and just as blessed or more richly blessed than you mm -hmm. in the kingdom of God. You know, I was actually having a conversation with somebody early this morning who was uh, having serious questions about their congregation that they go to. Uh, I won't give any names or where. It's nowhere local to Cersei area, but they were getting upset because they saw people being turned away mm. and looked down on um, not just the poor people that were coming in need of help, but also people in different churches mm. and uh, they weren't very accepting. And so this person was asking if they should look for another church mm. because they were They'd seen it their entire lives growing up in the same church. Mm. Um, and I think that's a point where we all need to reflect and mm. let see how we treat those people. Yeah. 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 Definitely. One of the things that I would like to get uh, to touch on as we get into our challenge section and, and come to wrap this up is the, the idea of blessing and the use of it in the Old Testament. Because I think it's interesting, uh, you know, we mentioned... Psalm 1, Nathan mentioned it in the sermon on Sunday, uh, uses the same word. And there's a couple of different words that are used in the Old Testament, but the word that Jesus uses in the Sermon on the Mount for blessed or happy 
is the same word that the Psalter opens with. Um, and Psalm 1, the first, the very first verse, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And so this idea of blessed, the same word that if you were to take the the Greek translation of the Old Testament would be the same word for blessed there as what Jesus used in the in the Greek translation of the New Testament. And so this idea of happiness, this idea of um, of blessings, of fortunate uh, is is what Jesus is trying to get across. And uh, this idea of somebody looking at somebody and saying they've got it figured out in life. I think is what is is what Nathan was advocating. Jesus was meaning by the term that he used there, blessed. In other words, a third party looking on at somebody who is living this lifestyle of characteristics that Jesus is talking about and saying that person has got it figured out. That mm-hmm. person is that person looks happy, uh, and so that's the that's the blessing that uh, that the psalmist is uh, the idea that is behind the psalm use of it. And also the idea behind what what Jesus is using as well. Mm, I like that. So, we want to get into some challenges. Yeah. For this week. Yeah. Let's challenge you, folk. All right. You wrote these down. Were, were these in Nathan's uh, workbook? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. again, if you want to, if you want that workbook, and it, it'll have a lot more details than what we cover in the podcast for sure. But uh, yeah. So let's pull out some of these challenges and. I guess you could say that there's three areas of challenge that uh, that we want to mention to you. And the first one would be in the way that we talk. Yes, our speech. So it says, when somebody compliments you, respond with a simple thank you. That's tough. That, that because is, yeah. especially when, you know, our immediate response is, oh, well, not this old thing or, man, I this thing is like 10 years old, you know, mm. or, you know, I, my hair has never been this disheveled in my life, you know, just thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I work on that. Um, I have a hard time cause people, you know, or tell you good job at something. Mm. And I was talking to a guy a while back, um, how I struggled with that. Cause it's like, I don't feel like I did that well. Mm. He's like, well then Give God the glory. Yeah. Say, well, you know, God helped me through it. Or mm-hmm. it just always focus on God and don't, and so you can get the attention off yourself. Right. I like that. Right. But yes, a simple thank you yes. does wonders. Just having a grateful heart. Yeah. Uh, and just accepting someone's, uh, someone's compliment and, and giving thanks for that. And that's, I think, a, a true way that we can be a blessed people. Somebody looks at somebody who is grateful and would say, that person's got it figured out. Mm. Somebody that is thankful, but somebody that is constantly deflecting yeah. compliments or deflecting things uh, is going to be the opposite of that. So, yep. that's your challenge. All right. Respond with a simple thank you. Uh, when you fail, give no excuses. Simply say, I'm sorry. Does this include in my marriage? I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that that for some reason is the hardest for me just to say I'm sorry I always want to give an excuse like well this is why this is why <laughs> I, I always have you know 10 excuses in my back pocket but uh but simply saying I am sorry and uh and just that be that yeah it's, it's easy just two words I I don't know I can't think of any time where somebody gave an excuse and it changed 
the outcome of whatever was happening. Yeah. Normally, it just complicates it more. Yeah. <laughs> Thickens the mud that yeah. you're standing in. <laughs> and, and I've known people that would, would always do that. Yeah. And they're they're not the ones that I would point out and say right. they're happy here. All right. They've got it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. But not just in your marriage. I mean, in your in your work life, mm-hmm. uh, if you've made a mistake at your job and somebody, your manager, boss confronts you with it, uh, it it takes down a lot of defenses when your first reaction is, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I, I admit I messed up. I will I will do my best to do better next time. Uh, and that can take down a whole lot of, uh, you know, anger uh, and again, just defenses. So uh, just simply say you're sorry. And then third for speech is in every interaction with others, take the posture of listening and not talking. Mm. I think the Bible goes into this one a lot. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, it is so easy to have something to say, and uh, and it's it's difficult to to listen mm-hmm. instead of talk, especially when we're the hosts of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we we don't get any responses from you guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but I think. You know, you always hear the saying, and I'll repeat it again, there's a reason we have two ears and one mouth. Mm -hmm. That's not a biblical verse, by the way. (laughs) I I guess a lot of people think that that's in the Bible, (laughs) but it's not. But there are a lot of things that say similar stuff uh, in Proverbs. James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, also, you know, if you know somebody who tends to be a listener, uh, they get a lot of compliments from people yep. and they maybe say, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Simply thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's people who are just really good listeners and you walk away from the conversation thinking, man, they're a good conversationalist. <laughs> really? They didn't have much to say. They on. They're, just, to say they're on. just asking you questions yeah. and interested in what you had to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Challenge number two. For our dress, do not wear clothes that lead to pride or self-consciousness. Now, I want to say this could be this could be taken one of two ways. Uh, sometimes you know, overdressing yep. could lead to a sense of pride. Uh, it could lead to a self of uh, or a, a sense of self-consciousness. Like, am I overdressed for this particular situation? Or uh, and so. You know, the challenge is to just, I think, be you. Like, you know, and and don't be worried about, I mean, Jesus goes on in the Sermon on the Mount, which we'll cover in weeks to come, but, you know, why are you worried about clothing, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I think he's talking there about the lack of clothing, but I think the same goes for just trying to live a blessed life, like not being so concerned about what others are going to think about me. Yes, and what you're going to think about others. Try to avoid that side of it, too. Um, you know, coming into church on a Sunday morning and somebody may not have a suit and tie, yeah. but you know, or long pants. Yeah. Or shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and none of those things matter. Like it, they're there to be in the kingdom of God. That doesn't matter to God. <laughs> yeah. He, there's still a soul that that's right. needs to be saved. That's right. And that's how we need to look at them too, the way God sees them. That's right. And so, uh, put more emphasis on the kingdom of heaven. Uh, towards serving other people than than you are concerned with dress. So that's challenge number two. Challenge number three, work. Do dirty jobs like washing dishes or pulling weeds or serving someone alone and in secret. Yeah. 
not letting somebody know that you're doing something for them. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that, that's hard. Um, you know, deciding to do the dishes, I mean, that's a little hard, but, <laughs> but it gets done, you know, um, but there's been times, uh, where we'll try to do something and tell ourselves we're going to do it in secret. Yeah. Then we just happened to drop the comment to our spouse or something. You know, I went over there and mowed their lawn and didn't tell them. <laughs> or the sink was getting pretty high. Dishes is not so much anymore. I wonder <laughs> what happened there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, work not to be seen. Dress not to be seen. Uh, say less. Mm-hmm. Say thank you. <laughs> Apologize when you need to. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Apologize when you need to. All right. Challenges for the week. Yeah. So go and live a blessed life. Yep. That's that's kind of a roadmap of how to do it. There's some challenges. Do we know what next week's sermon is going to be called? Uh, yes, I don't have it right in front of me. Here. But we might be able to pull it up real quick. We I think we said that we were going to preview it last week, and then we yeah. ended up forgetting to do that. But uh, yeah, we can preview it here now. Rain or shine. Okay. Rain or shine. And there's a... There's kind of a play on the uh, spelling of rain, R-E-I-G-N, rain or shine. So, uh, so be ready for that. We'll, we'll dive into uh, the next segment of the Sermon on the Mount next week. We hope you'll join us for worship on Sunday, uh, for the next rain and rain and shine or rain or shine, rain or shine, rain or shine. So rain or shine Sunday, September 3rd. So. Uh, again, you can join us on Facebook, YouTube channel, uh, and we'll have we'll have clips of the sermon uh, afterwards as well. So we look forward to dropping you another episode next week. And I want to make an announcement. Um, we have an email account now for the podcast, and it's just yes. podcast at wschurch.net. There you go. So if you want to comment or respond or have questions, you can email us there, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Yeah, and if it's something that uh, that we can bring up on air, then we certainly will and hash it out on air. So, uh, look forward to hearing your comments, feedback, and I look forward to our next episode with you. All right. You guys have a good week. We love you guys.